Welcome to another edition of Northwestern Outdoors Radio, the award-winning show covering fishing, hunting, conservation, destinations, and other outdoors recreation across the greater Northwest. Northwestern Outdoors is brought to you by Max Lur, Sportsman's Warehouse, Sina Sea Seafood, and Wallowa County Chamber of Commerce in the Northern Pike Minnow Sport Reward Fishery Program. And now, let's see what's happening this week with your host, John Cruz. Welcome to the show. We're starting things off with alarming news out of Montana where a bear injured an individual camping along the middle fork of the Flathead River. The incident happened on June 7th and it involved a black bear who came into the camp of a commercial raft company that was on a guided overnight trip with two guides and three clients. The victim was an adult female guide. She reported she was sleeping outside on the ground when she sustained injuries from what she believed to be a black bear. Bear spray was deployed, but the bear returned multiple times to camp. The victim was treated for non-life-threatening injuries in whitefish. Montana Fish, Wildlife, and Parks are investigating the incident, and they do want to remind you that it's not just grizzly bears that are dangerous. Black bears can be dangerous, too. So if you are out hiking or camping, stay alert and look for bear activity. Carry bear spray close at hand, know how to use it, and properly store food and anything else with a sense in a bear box or a hard sided vehicle or a bear resistant container enjoy the outdoors but realize sometimes it can be a little dangerous out there this week on the show we are talking to one of my favorite guests that would be outdoors writer jason brooks he has written a couple of articles in recent days one of them is going to be in northwest fishing's real life magazine and the other is going to be in northwest sportsman magazine the subjects that would be preparing now for that buoy 10 fishery at the mouth of the columbia river that opens up on the first of august and you're thinking what do i need to do in june well it turns out there's plenty you need to do and jason will tell you about that it's also summer steelhead fishing season in the pacific northwest those of us east of the cascades and up the snake river have to wait a little bit longer but there are opportunities right now in both oregon and washington from the western streams to the central streams. And Jason will tell you all about those and how he likes to go about catching these hard-fighting, sea-going rainbow trout. Another guest we'll talk to today is Eric Winther. He's with the Pike Minnow Sport Reward Fishery, and things have been going very well this year. You might want to get in on this opportunity to both go fish and make money by catching northern pike minnow and turning them in at select way stations all over the Columbia and Snake River. Eric will tell you where the bite's been hot and what the fish are biting on, too. We'll also check in with Brianna Bruce. She is the owner of Living Life Adventures. She's been fishing out at Potholes Reservoir for walleye. She'll tell you where she found them. It's not where you might think. And she's also going to tell you about some openings she has for catch-and-release sturgeon fishing, where you can catch a whole bunch of sturgeon right near Kalama in southwest Washington. Put it all together, and as always, we've got another great show for you to include your Sportsman's Warehouse Trivia Question of the Week. So, let's get things started the way we always do with another visit with David Sparks and find out what he's got for us this week on Sportsman Spotlight. The Master's Work, David Sparks, Sportsman Spotlight. Bert Foster is an artist, one who transforms raw steel and salvaged wood into the most striking knives imaginable but spend two days in his shop as he forges a blade, and you'll see that the process is just as beautiful as the end result. That dialogue comes from Field and Stream, who sent a photographer down to Bert's workshop. A whole story ensued, and here to tell us about it is Field and Stream's editor-in-chief, Colin Kearns. 
this guy's incredible. He was on that TV show, Forged in Fire. I don't know if you've ever seen it. He's a custom knife maker. He lives out near Bristol, Virginia. And we called him. We approached him about this story and said, would you make a custom knife for us? And he said, absolutely. And so we sent a photographer down to his workshop. And for two days, Bert just made this absolutely beautiful knife. I mean, it could belong in a museum out of raw steel and salvaged wood from nearby his property. And, you know, it's just a incredible work of craftsmanship. And it's neat to see kind of the progression of, of his creative process throughout these photos in the story. Go to fieldandstream.com or get the April-May issue and look for the story called Master's Work. You'll see a picture of an absolutely gorgeous knife. No idea what it would cost. There's a new force in the field this year that can help take your operations to the next level. That's absolutely right. Luna Pro Fungicide combines two modes of action to help fight key potato diseases. Plain and simple, it has a strong defense against white mold. Plus, it provides rotational flexibility for resistance management. And it's got my number one draft pick for potato disease protection. Elevate your defenses and elevate your yields with Luna Pro. Learn more at lunapro.us. Always read and follow pesticide label instructions. BearCerealExperts.com presents from the desk of an expert. Hi, this is Ann in North Dakota. I've been having a heck of a time with kochia in my spring wheat, and I'm starting to see some other weeds. Yes, kochia was a real problem last year due to drought. You may also be seeing other pigweeds emerging in your field, such as Palmer amaranth. Thus, it's important to use a broad-spectrum herbicide. I've seen water hemp, but Palmer in the northern plains? Unfortunately, it's an emerging threat. There's a great video on CerealExperts.com that goes into more detail. Ready to step up to a quality-built rifle or shotgun that's a true classic? Check out Henry Repeating Arms, American-made. There's over 200 models to choose from in a variety of finishes and calibers for hunters and target shooters. Many of these are lever-action models with a look right out of the Old West. Don't be deceived, though. Henry Repeating Arms are modern, rugged, accurate, reliable, and have a lifetime guarantee. Find out more and order a free catalog today at HenryUSA.com. That's HenryUSA.com. You're back in with Northwestern Outdoors Radio. I'm John Cruz. i got my old friend Jason Brooks on the line, that prolific outdoors writer who has penned a couple of columns for Northwest Sportsman Magazine. You can find the current edition. One of them is all about buoy 10 salmon fishing at the mouth of the Columbia River. Now, this doesn't start until August, but now is the time to prepare. Jason, welcome to the show. Well, thank you for having me. Great to be here. So what are some things we should be doing now in June to prepare for the buoy 10 fishery in August? Well, the biggest thing, and you, and for the listeners that are thinking, yeah, I really want to try this this year, is going to be finding a place to stay. If you haven't already booked your hotel, your motel, or got your camping spot at the state park, now you're probably going to be on a wait list. I hate to say that. It's such a popular fishery. So you also might want to look at maybe, a way around this is, maybe do an outlying area. Make it a vacation, a multi-day vacation, where you plan on fishing one or two days and then go and see the sites along the Oregon coast to the Washington coast. So you might have to stay in Long Beach or Seaside, someplace a little bit further away. 
because if you haven't already planned where you're going to stay, you're going to be surprised at how fast this area feels. Astoria especially really relies on this fishery. It is a very popular one and for very good reason. And you're right. Most people, especially the guides that I know of, typically base out of Astoria. But Ilwaco is an option, too, and it's just as close to the mouth of the Columbia. Ilwaco actually is a little hidden secret there. Ilwaco and the and the Washington parks are right there in the area. Long Beach, a couple other state parks right there that you might be able to still find some room at. That actually is closer to the fishery. You're you're actually right down in the fishery when you launch out of Ilwaco and go around the jetty and boom, there you are. Astoria, they usually start the Astoria Megler Bridge, and then they work their way down out towards the Pacific Ocean, depending on tides and those kinds of things. And you got a lot of sandbars up a little higher up and everything, whereas down in Ilwaco, it's not as big of a problem. You also have some fantastic crabbing right there in Ilwaco. At the same time, you could be out salmon fishing, let the crab pot soak. You're in the Washington, uh, be the saltwater rules, so you have uh, the ocean rules, say, for Area 1. So better crabbing down there, and you make it a combo trip. So you're right. Ilwaco is the little hidden secret about Fish and Buoy 10. And Long Beach is very close, as you said, and Cape Disappointment State Park stayed there last summer, had a great time. What else should we be doing now to prepare for the Buoy 10 season besides trying to find a place to stay? Well, part of finding a place to stay is also looking at the tides. You want to pull up the tide schedule for when you think you want to go, and you want to correlate it with when the season is open. Right now, it's set to open August 1st and go till September 4th. Of course, the later in the month you plan on going, you better really be watching the emergency rules section in there because sometimes they start doing really well, and they catch a lot of Chinook, and they change it to just a coho fishery or back and forth. But also new this year in the rules and regulations is two different multi-day closures to allow more Chinook escapement. And they're going to be late August, August 21st to the 23rd, and then the 28th to the end of 29th. So the total of five days there of closures. So if you plan your trip and you're like, the tides are perfect, I got the motel. Well, the reason is, is because it's closed. <laughs> and that's why they might have room for the motel or, or at the state park at that time frame. So you got to start planning out your trip before you even hit the water. You got to start looking. There's so much to do. You got to start looking at the logistics of things, which of course we were talking about the hotels, but then the tides. You want a, a tide swing where it's not a dramatic tide swing, obviously. The, the best fishing is in the incoming tide through the high and then the first hour of the ebb. So it pushes new fish in is what it does. So it brings a whole new set of fish in from the ocean. So, you know, depending on when the tides are, it will depend on when you go fishing. Absolutely. All right. So what else are you covering in this article? Some of the gear stuff, some of the stuff that you want to look at doing, you know, a couple of years ago, I was out fishing with my friend Buzz Ramsey on this fishery, and we were fishing spinners the whole time. We weren't even messing with bait, and we did really, really well. And so you have to look at that and go, okay, do I know how to uh, cut plug a herring? Do I know how to rig this thing up? I got to brine the bait. I got to find the bait. Two or three years ago, I think it was two years ago, there was a herring shortage for green label size herring because the, they just didn't have it out there. So you look at the different lures that are on the market nowadays. We've got a lot of the, the spinning plugs. In fact, I got an article out in Salmon Steelhead Journal this month coming up uh, on just those new spinning lures between the spin fish and the uh, Brad Super Baits and a couple of other different ones that are out there. Simon came out with one this last year in Hawking Fishing. So you look at that for bait alternatives, but also spinners. You use the weights that you have to use. Like, again, that's all tide dependent. We fish anywhere from four ounces on a really light day to up to clip to 16 ounces on a dropper weight. So you have to have stout gear. You have to know your boat. Make sure you have all of your safety equipment. And really quick, I do want to mention the dangers of fishing buoy. Oh, yes. I was going to get into that, and I think it's worth mentioning because it seems to me there's been an increase in accidents in recent years. 
Yes, and notably, if you jump on YouTube, you'll see the one where the boat gets run over. And that is where you had a guy in a pleasure-type boat, not really one designed for fishing, on full plane cruising along, and there are thousands of people out here fishing. And there's room, don't get me wrong. It is this type of fishing, but you, you're you not, it's not like Drano where you're tip, rod tip to rod tip. But there's so many people out there, and you have strong currents, you have strong tides, you have winds, and if you're not paying attention, you can run into each other. Like it happened a couple of years ago, and there's a full video on that. But more importantly, when you have a tide that's opposing the wind, so you know, it's the Columbia River. This is where the Columbia River meets the ocean, and it's also where the Cascade Mountains come in, and you're talking summertime, which are thermals. So if you have a wind coming out of the east, we have the hot air in the east shooting right down that valley, that river drainage, coming through the gorge and then hitting the Bowie 10 fishery, and you have an incoming tide, you have two opposing forces, and that creates some serious wind swells, some wind chop. Then you throw in the rollers coming in from the ocean, and they have what's called a washing machine effect. And so you have to be really really careful out there. You have to know what you're doing. So if you never fished buoy 10, I highly suggest going with a guide the mm. first outing out or going with somebody who's fished buoy 10 in the past or just pay attention to what's going on out there. That is some very sound advice indeed. Anything else you're covering in the article? You know, just, just pretty much plan it. Go do it. I mean, we're talking over a million salmon coming up the Columbia River this fall between uh, the 550-some thousand Chinook and the nearly 600,000 coho coming up. Know the regulations, uh, learn the fishery, and go out there and have fun. Like I said, you know, you mentioned Ilwaco and then some of the hidden gems there. You also have the jetty fishing on a day off. You know, if the, if the salmon's closed, you can still go out and do the bottom fish uh, fishery right there off the jetty that's considered a, a part of the marine area. So, you know, those kinds of things is, is you got some really cool opportunities there. Be combing. you got so much to do. You can take the whole family, go for a week, go for three days. Don't just go down there for one day. Plan it out. Fish in the morning or fish when the tides are, are perfect for it, and then go do something else. Go, go have a good time. It's a beautiful place of, of the Pacific Northwest. Great advice indeed. Buoy 10, it is probably the most famous fishery in the Pacific Northwest when it comes to salmon. It's kicking off August 1st, and now, as you just heard, it's a time to plan, and be safe while you're down there, too. Jason, would you mind sticking around? Because I would like to talk a little bit about Summer Steelhead, that other article you wrote for Northwest Sportsman Magazine. That'd be great. I'd love to. Thank you so much. Now, the buoy 10 fishery is still a few weeks off, but you might be craving some salmon before that, and you may as well get the best salmon around. That would be Copper River salmon that you get from Sina Sea Seafood. They catch sockeye salmon and king salmon, both bound for the Copper River right off the mouth in the cold ocean waters of Alaska. They handle it with care. They go ahead and package it in meal-sized portions, and they deliver it right to your doorstep. So check out what's arguably the best salmon on Earth at SinaSea.com. That's S-E-N-A-S-E-A, SinaSea.com. And use the promo code OUTDOORSRADIO for 10% off your entire order. Anglers are getting a raise this year with the Northern Pike Minnow Sport Reward Fishery Program and the fish are biting. Here's how it works. First, register at a pike minnow station along the Columbia or Snake River. Next, go fishing for pike minnow and bring back all of them that measure 9 inches or longer. The fish are worth 6 8 or $10, and the more fish you catch, the more each one is worth. Keep an eye out for tagged fish, too, because those are worth 500 bucks. Go fishing, make money, and have fun. Find out more at pikeminnow.org. 
Sportsman's Warehouse is America's premier outfitter, full of the gear you need to succeed this hunting season. Firearms, ammo, archery equipment, decoys, clothing, boots, and more. Find a location near you or shop online today at sportsmans.com. Did you know we actually have a sponsorship opportunity available for this show? That's right. You can be a sponsor of Northwestern Outdoors Radio, reaching thousands of listeners every week, tuning in to 69 stations in seven states. If you have a business that caters to outdoors enthusiasts, this is the platform for you, and you're going to find it's much more affordable than you think. Contact me through my website at northwesternoutdoors.com, and let's get a conversation started. That's northwesternoutdoors.com. Welcome back to Northwestern Outdoors Radio and to an extended Max Minute brought to you by Max Lur. It's that time again. It's time for another Max Minute brought to you every week by Max Lure Company. This week, we're talking to Lance Murs about kokanee fishing. Lance, what are a couple of kokanee lakes that come to mind that we haven't talked about much? You know, one of the lakes that I can think about, John, is, is Lake Tahoe, California, Nevada area, and then also the Flaming Gorge Reservoir in Wyoming and Utah. Absolutely. Both of them uh, straddle the state, so to speak, and both of them offer great kokanee fishing. If you were to head to either one of those waters or any of the other kokanee waters we have here, we're always talking about hoochies, but there's other ways to skin a cat. There's other ways to catch a kokanee. And I understand Max Lure Company has another lure as well. Well, we do. And it's one of the most underutilized lures that we have. And it's called the UV Magic Imperial Spoon. It comes in five different colors. They've got UV and glow. Now, this spoon is made of plastic, so putting bait on it is not recommended because it'll kill the action itself. Well, it's incredibly light, and I can see how that would happen if you did it. Uh, But it looks like, just from the, the build of it, that it's got great movement in the water. And I see it's also got some flash on it as well. It does. And, you know, if you want to put some sort of scent on there... Rub some scented oil onto the body itself, and then that way it'll still keep the action, but it'll still give you that scent trail that you need for those kokanee. Well, there you go, folks. It's the Imperial Spoon. It's another way to skin a cat or catch a kokanee at a reservoir near you, whether you're fishing in the Pacific Northwest or further afield, so to speak. At places like Flaming Gorge Reservoir or Lake Tahoe, give the Imperial Spoon a try and look for it at a sporting goods store near you. Sportsman's Warehouse is America's premier outfitter, full of the gear you need to succeed this hunting season. Firearms, ammo, archery equipment, decoys, clothing, boots, and more. You'll find it all at Sportsman's Warehouse. Better still, the knowledgeable staff can help you with tips to help you bag a trophy or a limit. Find a location near you or shop online today at sportsmans.com. Are you looking for a game changer to help you catch more trout, kokanee, and salmon? No problem. Just tie on Max Crip Lure. Cast it or troll it. Either way, its specially designed ring chamber emits a low-frequency vibration with its erratic movement. It will catch more fish and make them strike. Better still, the different colors for the lure can be matched to just about any fishery. Look for the Crip Lure from Max Lure Company at a sporting goods store near you or go online at maxlure.com. Anglers are getting a raise this year with the Northern Pike Minnow Sport Reward Fishery Program and the fish are biting. Here's how it works. First, register at a pike minnow station along the Columbia or Snake River. 
Next, go fishing for pike minnow and bring back all of them that measure nine inches or longer. The fish are worth six, eight, or ten dollars, and the more fish you catch, the more each one is worth. Keep an eye out for tagged fish too, because those are worth 500 bucks. Go fishing, make money, and have fun. Find out more at pikeminnow.org. Welcome back to Northwestern Outdoors Radio. I'm John Cruz. We've got Jason Brooks back on the line. And I need to make a correction. When we were talking about that Buoy 10 fishery article, it wasn't for Northwest Sportsman Magazine. It was for the Real Life Magazine published by Northwest Fishing. However, the next subject we're going to talk about, Summer Steelhead, that is in this month's edition of Northwest Sportsman Magazine. You really should check it out. Jason, thanks for sticking around. Yeah, thank you so much for keeping me around. So tell me some of the highlights of this article about summer steelhead fishing, which doesn't really kick off here on the east side until, oh, September, October, but it is going on right now when it comes to western Washington and Oregon. Yeah, you know, and that's the thing about the summer steelhead fishery. It starts off now. It actually started a couple of weeks ago when fish are trickling in on some of the rivers that are open for even spring chinook, and you can double up. Um, but then it continues in through June. It gets better in July. In August, to me, it's it's still really good, mostly because everybody else has left the water doing other things. Um, but it's a fishery that it's like any given day, you can just go steelhead fishing. You know, in the wintertime, you got to look at, is it raining out? So is the river blown out? Is it, is it too cold? Is it going to be snowing? What's the road conditions like? Is the river even open with all the emergency closures we've had this last year? You can take all of that, wad it up, and throw it in a garbage can for summer because summertime, the rivers are open. You know, they, you don't have to worry about the water levels because it's always low and clear, so you know what it's going to be like. And even so, you'll know, get a couple early morning hours in there and go catch some summer steelhead and then do something with the rest of the day. It's kind of great. You know, when it comes to Oregon, when I think summer steelhead, I always think about the Rogue River, first and foremost. It's such a great fishery down there. In Washington, I tend to think of the Cowlitz as probably our premier steelhead stream. Do you concur with that? Yeah, you know, you look at uh, the Columbia River system, and what I mean by that is you look at the Cowlitz, the Kalama, the Lewis, the Klickitat, they're all fantastic summer steelhead fisheries. And so you have a, a pick of a different places to go. But really quick, I do have the numbers up. If you look at the Cowlitz River Blue Creek, <laughs> they put in last year 661,000 smolts wow. for the return. Yeah, and then you look at you look at the Klickitat, which is a fantastic summer steelhead fishery program and they put in 90,000 smolts so nothing compares to the cowlitz i'm sorry just nothing compares and i get everybody go there i mean lewis has 239,000 smolts so that's another great fishery there and i, I get everybody's all oh, the cowlitz the cowlitz the cowlitz but again this is a type of fishery you go hit it for a couple of hours or maybe for a day you know on a, on a middle of the week if you can and you go do something else that's the nice thing about summer steelhead fishing but yeah the cowlitz reigns king when it comes to summer steelhead but uh there's several other rivers there's a lot of rivers in that whole columbia system that have a summer run program and that's where you just kind of pick a river and go or pick a stretch of a river and go you know you don't have to like in the wintertime you float the whole river in the summertime you can just go pick pockets what i call pocket fishing because the water's so low and clear you kind of know where the steelhead are going to be at right 
And my apologies to those of you who fish the Deschutes in Oregon. That is actually one of my favorite rivers to fish for summer steelhead, and it is a very good one most years, though several of our streams have been struggling when it comes to summer steelhead fishing. Just the population returns don't seem to be coming back, and you can't just blame the dams either. No, summer we had a really hot weather out there. And so you have to look at, they, they even instituted some hoot owl restrictions. If you remember, I think last fall they had them actually for some of the, when the Chinook started arriving in late August, early September, they really started looking at closing down rivers, not entirely, not because the fish weren't there, but just because they were stressed. So that's why I really, you know, the anglers really look at the early morning hours or late evening hours. They call them hoot owl restrictions, which basically means when the owls quit hooting is when you should stop fishing type of thing. And the, the reason behind that is as the water temperatures rise and anytime you have warm water you got low oxygen so you don't want to stress the fish out so if you can get out there early find the fish and, and then get off the river that'd be you know your best bet some of these rivers you know and I keep talking about the callus some of these rivers can and can handle they're a little bit bigger they also have way more fish in them and these these rivers are kind of more made for hatchery production but like you mentioned the Deschutes that's a river where you really got to watch you know the water temperatures that's coming off the high desert that's over in eastern Oregon or right on the cusp of Eastern Oregon. And so you really have to pay attention on, okay, am, am I out here today to have fun or am I just going to be ruining a fishery in the future? So you look at this and go, okay, maybe I should just go in the morning or maybe I only go once, you know, this in the next two weeks versus going four or five times. And then pick a different river and have a different adventure. Let's talk about catching them. What are some of your favorite techniques for catching summer steelhead? So summer steelhead in low and clear water, which means downsizing your gear. There's so much fun. So first thing I, I mentioned earlier about pocket water, you want to know where the steelhead are holding at, which in it's low and clear like this, you're talking about riffles and runs, some deep boulder gardens, if you can find them in behind, tucked in behind rocks. So it becomes a real game. It, think of it as like, you know, when you're a kid growing up and you're trout fishing your favorite stream, but now put it on a scale that's, you know, 10 times bigger. You're catching six to eight pound fish in rivers versus the streams. There are some streams that have summer steelhead. So you want to look for the same type of thing. So I like finding those pockets because once I figure out, okay, that fish was laying in this one little riffle, where's the next riffle? It's just like that because it should be another fish laying there. You know, exact same scenarios type of thing. So the people who do really well summer steelhead fishing are the ones who figured out where the fish are. And then it's the techniques. Downsize everything. I use size for uh, gamakatsu octopus hooks. If I use bait, talking really small gob, like the size of your nail of your uh, your pinky finger, you know, like really small baits. They really like sweet stuff. So I'll take some Procure anise oil and I'll put that on my eggs or a sand shrimp tail or a coonstripe tail. I rarely use a whole coonstripe shrimp. Some guys do, but I use usually tails. I really downsize my stuff. Change the colors up. Really light colors. Peaches, oranges, light pinks. Uh, anything super bright could be annoying. Small jigs, you know, one-eighth ounce jigs, float those. If you're in a boulder garden, there's nothing like floating a jig through a boulder garden for summer steelhead. Uh, one, you don't hang up near as much. You can just cast over and over and over again and, and catch fish after fish. Once they start either either moving in or they're holding, they start getting active. A cloud comes by and blocks the sun. That might trigger that fish to bite right then. There's so many different dynamics to summer steelhead fishing. You know, one thing I love about summer steelhead fishing is spinners and spoons. I think it goes back to being a spinner and spoon trout angler on, you know, rivers like the Poudre River when I was a kid growing up or some western Oregon streams. And, and I just love catching, like you said, those six, eight-pound steelhead with like a number four blue fox or maybe a daredevil spoon. I mean, a lot of different ways to catch those fish. And it's funny, different rivers have different preferred colors. For example, the Deschutes 
It's all about a blue and chrome blue fox, number four spinner, has like reigned supreme on that river for years. When you go to eastern Washington and you're fishing jigs, it's purple and black is the color. And, you know, like you were talking about some of those western Washington streams, you know, these peaches and these bright colors seem to do the trick. It's always interesting to me how different rivers with a different steelhead have different preferences. Yeah, you know, and even the weather conditions and where the sun's at in the sky, you might start with a subdued copper spoon and then move your way to a brass. Right. Um, I've seen guys intentionally tarnish the spoons to make it dull them up a little bit, but you want just enough flash in there so when it's swinging across that run that it's it's annoying to the steelhead or whatever causes it to bite, you know, on that tail out, as it swings through the tail out. Same with the the spinners. You know, I've seen guys take Sharpies and color the one side of the blades. Only half the blade is, is really reflecting. You know, all these different things, It's it's all the tips and tricks that you pick up along the way I think that makes fishing so much fun you know it's, it's it, any any given day it can be something completely different and you got to figure it out it's a puzzle oh I know and that is that is probably the most enjoyable part of fishing is going out there and when you do solve the puzzle and you do start catching the fish you feel pretty darn good about yourself and any day Fishing for steelhead in the summer is always a good day as far as I'm concerned. So, folks, check out this latest article by Jason Brooks in Northwest Sportsman Magazine. Check out the other one in the Real Life Magazine. And, Jason, look forward to having you on the air again soon. Thank you, John, for having me. I really appreciate it. Come to Oregon's Wallowa County for outdoors adventure. Hike, ride, paddle, fish, or sightsee to your heart's content. And then visit one of our wonderful towns, whether it be Joseph with its beautiful bronze statues, our county seat in Enterprise, or one of our charming small towns like Wallowa, Imnaha, or Troy, where you can eat, shop, and sleep before continuing your adventure the next day. Plan your visit now at WallowaCountyChamber.com. That's WallowaCountyChamber.com. Enjoy a meal of wild Alaskan seafood delivered right to your door. Sina Sea offers premium quality wild Alaskan fish and shellfish to include Copper River King and Silver Salmon, Halibut, Black Cod, King Crab, and of course, Copper River Sockeye Salmon. Order it blast frozen or smoked and experience a slice of Alaska for a special meal you won't forget. Buy your seafood now at SinaSea.com. That's S-E-N-A-S-E-A, SinaSea.com. Welcome back to Northwestern Outdoors Radio. We've got Eric Winther on the line. He is the man behind the Pike Minnow Sport Reward Fishery Program for the Washington Department of Fish and Wildlife. And we thought it was time for a Pike Minnow Fishing Report. Eric, welcome back to the show. Hey, John. Good to be here as always. So how have things been going this year so far? Great. Been a really good year. There have been some uh, awesome catches, uh, especially around the Dalles and in the uh, what we call the Bonneville Pool, which is between Bonneville Dam and the Dalles. And a lot of guys that I've talked to, as far as our top guys, are having consecutive 100 fish days. So it's really been a, a nice start to the season. Seem to be lots of fish to be had, and the runoff has been manageable. Normally this time of year we get that water coming down, and sometimes it kind of shuts us down for a week or two, but this year has been manageable, so uh, it feels like a our first real year since the whole COVID thing. It feels like a normal year. 
Well, I saw the catch report, and are these uh, a summation of daily catches? For example, I saw Stevenson and Bingen in those areas at those check stations that anglers were averaging 33 to 35 fish apiece. That's pretty impressive. Yeah, and that, that's a per-day uh, catch, and you also see that there's there's not a whole lot of, of effort there. So on and Stevenson, you had 19 angler days, and Bingen only three. So there's fish to be had, but there's just not a whole lot of people there, whereas the Dells, you've got a whole bunch of people there, and still a bunch of fish, but the catch rate's way down around you know almost nine fish per angler per day, which is still pretty good historically. Let's talk about the shad run. That is in full swing. We're looking at over 100,000 shad a day coming over Bonneville Dam. Does that affect the pike minnow fishing? Not really. The adult shad don't really affect uh, the pike minnow fishing much. But when those adult shad spawn, that sets off kind of a major pike minnow feeding uh, frenzy late in the year. So this time of year, pike minnow are focusing on juvenile salmonids to eat. Then they'll spawn around the end of the month. And then uh, late in the year, kind of August, September, those juvenile shad start moving downstream. And a lot of the anglers switch over to using juvenile shad as pike minnow bait because it's a really effective bait. And for the millions that go upstream, there are gazillions of the juveniles that come back downstream. So in that way, it does affect uh, pike minnow later in the year. What seems to be the hot bait so far, especially around the areas where they're catching them around Bingen and Stevenson? Well, right now... um, this time of year, it always happens, is the uh, Mormon crickets. That's the hot bait. But surprisingly, the uh, the night crawler is making kind of a comeback, too. <laughs> it's really been a pretty good bait. My crew and I were out uh, doing some tagging last week with one of our pike minnow anglers, and that's what we were using exclusively was night crawlers there, and, and that was pretty darn effective that day, although it was windier than heck, which made things tough. Not everybody who participates has a boat. What are some places you'd recommend this month for shorebound anglers? From shore, most of the time your best bet is if you can get close to one of the dams on the downstream side, which that's an area where the shad would affect it because right now below Bonneville, for example, you've got huge lines and numbers of people lining the shores immediately below the dam. But from a pike middle point of view, you can go below them Further down, there's lots of access below Bonneville Dam, for example, and get away from the shad anglers and still have a a decent chance at pike minnow. And then the other dams further up, uh, you don't have the concentrations of shad anglers. So on the downstream side, that would be my first bet from shore. All right. So downstream of the Dalles and the John Day Dam, both good bets there. Let's talk a little bit about the other report that you publish in addition to the pike minnow reports. You always have a, a supplemental catch. The pike minnow anglers will come in and say, I caught so many smallmouth bass, this many walleye, this many catfish. Why do you track yep. that? Well, just because as a fisherman myself, bycatch is a, just a general indicator of how fishing is. So for folks that are targeting pike minnow to go out and catch a bunch of uh, walleye that in a certain area, that kind of tells me that there are fish available. And as an angler, I believe I'm a lot more confident if I know fish are around than if you're fishing a spot that you don't, they might be around. Does that make sense? <laughs> it does. It does. And I'll tell you what, folks, if you are a bass or walleye angler, this is a pretty good report to get a hold of. For example, last week, the hot spot was definitely the Snake River 
by Boyer Park in the Pullman area. 101 smallmouth bass caught, 82 walleye, and 43 catfish or bullhead too. Pretty darn good fishing up there for some fish that you might want to take home and eat. Exactly. And so that's kind of why we send that report out is, uh, you know, whether you're going to pike minnow fish or not, if the pike minnow aren't biting that particular time, might be a good time to try to catch a walleye or catch some smallmouth or something like that. And later in the year, kind of that area around Longview, Kelso, the Willow Grove Station, the Rainier Stations, they get a surprising number of yellow perch, which are, as you know, John, are pretty darn good eating. Yes, they are. They are very good eating indeed. And by the way, folks, when you take home these fish, you actually are helping our salmon and steelhead smolt because bass and walleye and even perch will prey on them. So uh, don't feel bad about taking this fish home and, and eating some. They taste good and you're still doing your part even if you're not making the money through the Pike Minnow Sport Reward Fishery Program. And I guess that's the last thing we should touch on again is the new app so you don't have to physically register at the check stations. Why don't you remind our listeners about that? Yeah, but we've added a smartphone app that allows you to register using your smartphone rather than driving out to one of the, the uh, check-in locations like we've had to do in past years. So that's particularly handy if you're, let's just say you're in the Tri-Cities and you want to fish upstream on the Snake, but the station is there uh, in the Tri-Cities area, you can just sign up and then head to your fishing spot rather than having to go into town, sign up with a piece of paper, and then go fishing. So it saves you time and effort. I've talked to a lot of anglers that have used it so far, and it's really popular. I guess there's a little bit of uncertainty for folks that are outside the state of Washington because it, when you sign up for it, it asks you to create an, an account which is tied to the state of Washington, but that's okay. It doesn't matter what state you're in. Just sign up for that account and then you're good to go. And it, it really makes registration a lot easier. And the app, do you just look for Pike Minnow? Yep. You just do a, a search for the Google Play Store or, or the uh, iPhone Store for uh, Pike Minnow registration. It should come right up. And uh, I really think it's going to be a game changer for us uh, this year and for future years. All right. We'll get the app, sign up, go fishing, make some money, and help out our salmon and steelhead stocks. It's the Pike Minnow Sport Reward Fishery Program. Get more details at pikeminnow.org. That's pikeminnow.org. Thanks as always, Eric. You're welcome, John. Good talking with you. Next up, we've got Brianna Bruce on the line. She is the person behind Living Life Adventures, a guide service. She also can be found in the Everett Sportsman's Warehouse store on Wednesdays in the fishing department if you're looking for some advice and maybe some fishing tackle, too. Brianna, welcome back to the show. Always good to be here, John. So I was stalking you on Facebook, as I often do, and saw you with a, a very nice walleye that you caught out of Potholes Reservoir. How was the fishing? The fishing was pretty good. We had a little lull where it seemed the fish kind of moved and transitioned. Instead of Crab Creek, we were catching some up in Lynn Cooley, and once we found them again, we were doing pretty good, and they were all stacked in the weeds, feeding in there. And how were you catching them? Bottom bouncers and worm harnesses, smile blades, slow death hooks, the usual. Oh, yes. Uh, the usual suspects from Max Lure, they do work well out there at Potholes Reservoir. Well, that's all good, but let's talk about something else. You've got a couple openings for catch and release sturgeon fishing on the Columbia River. What part of the Columbia are you going to be fishing? And tell me about this fishery. So I head out of the Port of Kalama, and it's a really fun fishery. We average around 30 fish to the boat a day. Wow. And we anchor up 
cast out bait. You hang out, you know, bring some good food and drinks and reel in a bunch of fish. And we catch everything from, you know, little tiny babies to like six and seven footers. We don't catch any of the really big oversized, but you have a big variety of fish and it's just a ton of fun for everybody. Oh, absolutely. I mean, reeling in 30 dinosaurs is all sorts of fun. What do you use for bakes? I know some people like shad, some people like herring. What's your preference? My preference is live sand shrimp is my favorite go-to. If I run out of sand shrimp or to kind of make them go a little further, I've actually found that earthworms work pretty good. So we'll do some night crawlers and live sand shrimp and then some herring, some pickled herring, and that kind of stuff always works too. I like to have a variety out there. We usually fish four to six rods, so we can kind of see what they like that day, but they pretty much always love those sand shrimp. Well, if you want to go sturgeon fishing with Bree, catch a whole bunch of sturgeon. it be all sorts of fun. There's a full boat available on June 26th and June 27th and a partial boat available on June 29th. And we don't even have time to talk about the Baker Lake sockeye fishery, but you definitely have availability in both July and August for that. So if you want to book a trip, go to Livin' Life Adventures. That's the Facebook page, no G, Livin' Life Adventures, or go to our website, livinlifeadventures.com. Always a pleasure, Bree. Fishing and fun. That's what you'll find at Mardon Resort. Come to sunny eastern Washington and bring your RV or rent a cottage, cabin, or room at our newly upgraded resort at the south end of Potholes Reservoir. Get tackle and provisions at our general store. And after you're done fishing, hanging out at our swim beach, or boating for the day, enjoy dinner and a drink at the beach house. Find out more at mardonresort.com. That's mardonresort.com, where the fish bite and we don't. Did you know we actually have a sponsorship opportunity available for this show? That's right. You can be a sponsor of Northwestern Outdoors Radio, reaching thousands of listeners every week, tuning in to 69 stations in seven states. If you have a business that caters to outdoors enthusiasts, this is the platform for you, and you're going to find it's much more affordable than you think. Contact me through my website at northwesternoutdoors.com, and let's get a conversation started. That's northwesternoutdoors.com. Game-changing. That's the best way to describe the new Scent Flash UV Triangle Flasher from Max Lure Company. This 360-degree rotational inline flasher features a scent release system attracting salmon to the lure behind it like no other flasher on the market. It's the Scent Flash UV Triangle Flasher, only from Max Lure Company. Sportsman's Warehouse is America's premier outfitter with the gear you need for fishing, hunting, camping, paddling, cooking, and just about anything else you can do in the woods or in the water. With over 125 stores across America, there is bound to be a Sportsman's Warehouse near you with not only the gear you need, but also the experts to help you get the most out of the product you purchase. Head down to your local Sportsman's Warehouse today or shop online anytime at sportsmans.com. That's sportsmans.com. Before we go today, we've got time for one last shot of Northwestern Outdoors Radio with your host, John Cruz. I'm glad you're back because it's time for your Sportsman's Warehouse Trivia Question of the Week. And 
If you still haven't figured out what to give Dad for Father's Day, I've got a great idea. Head on down to America's premier outfitter and maybe buy him some hunting-wise or outdoors apparel or hiking equipment, paddling equipment, and especially something in the outdoors hooking category because you can get up to $100 off on select Camp Chef grills and stoves right now. So head on down to your local Sportsman's Warehouse store today and make Dad happy for Father's Day. As for your trivia question, here it is. It is about the largest hot spring in the United States found in Wyoming, specifically Yellowstone National Park. And that's your question. What is the name of this hot spring? It's a hot spring that you don't want to wade in, but you certainly can look at it. It's a beautiful sight to see. If you think you know the answer, you know what to do. Just go to our Facebook page at Northwestern Outdoors Radio. Look for the post thread and give us your answer there. If it's not posted up yet, just shoot us a message and let us know the answer. You can also email us through our website at northwesternoutdoors.com. And again, the question is this. What is the name of the largest hot spring in the United States located in Yellowstone National Park? One lucky person who guesses right wins that $25 gift card we give away every week from Sportsman's Warehouse. And on that note, it is time to go. So until next time, do take care, God bless, and make it a point to spend some time outdoors. I'll take you, you take me back. Let's put pennies on a railroad track. Fireflies in a mason jar. Hide and see, there you are, just a boy back then. Didn't know anything 